Welcome to Goodfellow Podcasts. This episode is kindly supported by Pharmac. I'm Dr. Louise Kugler, and today I'm talking to Dr. Catherine, or Cass Burns, about bronchiectasis in children. Cass is an associate professor at the Paediatric Department of the University of Auckland and also a paediatric respiratory specialist at Starship Children's Hospital. Cass undertook her paediatric training initially here in New Zealand and then in the United Kingdom. She leads care for children and youth with bronchiectasis and cystic fibrosis. Cass also has a special interest in improving equity of health care and outcomes for children of Maori and Pacific ethnicity. Welcome Cass and thanks for joining me today. Thank you. So today we're going to discuss Joseph. Joseph is a six-year-old Samoan boy who lives in South Auckland. He is the youngest of five children. He is mostly cared by his grandmother Rosa, who is a heavy smoker. His parents work long hours at the local processing factory, and Joseph and his family live in the garage at the back of Rosa's house. Joseph has had repeated coughs and colds over the last winters, and also last winter he spent time in Middlemore with pneumonia. Rosa brings him to you, the GP, stating, he's not like my other 20 grandkids. He's often sick, coughing, coughing up phlegm, and can't seem to keep up with the rest of them. So chronic cough is an extremely common condition and causes vary depending on age group. They may be infectious or not infectious. So Cass, what from the history would you like to know about Joseph and what is it important to ask? So the first thing uh, when a child's being brought in with cough as their main symptom is you want to know what, that, what type of cough that is. So whether it's wet or dry, and we are hearing that this sounds like a wet cough, Often the families will describe a child who has that type of cough as a smoke, having a smoker's cough or that he's coughing like an old man. So very suggestive of a lot of mucus around. And also the duration. So is it occurring on a daily basis? Uh, is it occurring very regularly with upper respiratory tract infections? And again, it sounds like in this case it is. And is it productive? Again, Rosa, his grandmother, is saying that this is productive. And I just want to really underline that uh, seeing having a child able to produce sputum is very unusual. They don't really have the cough force to be able to expectorate uh, mucus the way adults can. So if a child is able to bring up mucus, that's, that's very unusual and suggests significant uh, issues. Um, as well, I'd like to know, uh, apart from the cough, whether he gets short of breath, and the way to ask that is often, can he keep up with his friends at school or can he keep up with his brothers and sisters? Uh, and does the cough ever get better? Uh, so, for example, uh, with antibiotics, does that cough improve? So that's around his kind of acute symptoms. And then if I'm worried about his cough, as obviously his grandmother is, then I'd also ask about some risk factors that I might take into account, uh, which would really increase my likelihood of wanting to do something further. So this would be, has he had an early childhood infection, especially needing a hospitalisation, and especially with, if he has something like bronchiolitis or pneumonia in the first one or two years of life. Those kids often will go on to develop chronic symptoms. Also ethnicity, uh, this is a Samoan family, and both Māori and Samoan have increased risk of developing chronic respiratory problems. Did he get his immunizations and are they currently up to date? And what is his growth like? And does he have infections elsewhere? Again, poor growth and infections elsewhere would make you worry that there is some underlying issue, but most of these children 
or just have this cough. And then are there environmental risk factors? We've heard that there is smoke exposure and we've also heard that the housing clearly sounds overcrowded. It's highly likely to be poor housing, cold and damp. So all of these would make me worry that he's developing chronic symptoms. And I guess finally, I'd just like to know a little bit about the family history. We quite often see children who ultimately have got a chronic respiratory condition have other uh, problems that have got that same sort of socioeconomic um, impact. So for example, is there a family history of bronchiectasis, of poorly controlled asthma, rheumatic fever, or of skin infections? So just, you know, are other kids running into difficulties, which suggests that he's running into difficulties, but just down a different avenue. So we decide Joseph needs to be examined. What specifically do we need to examine with Joseph? And what are we looking for here? So again, the first thing is the type of cough. Uh, again, is it really mucousy and wet sounding or is it dry? And of course, uh, sometimes it's difficult because the coughing will often occur in the morning or with exercise and you'll be seeing him at some point during the day. But if you ask him to run, that will often stimulate a cough and you can hear what that sounds like. Uh, his respiratory rate, whether or not he's working hard to breathe, if he's got any accessory muscle use. Uh, definitely if there's any uh, chest deformity, often a bilateral Harrison sulcus, or if there's clubbing. I mean, clubbing would be very sinister. Uh, it's pretty unusual. Um, and then if there's any crackles when you listen to his chest. You've mentioned the cough, and it's important to decide what kind of cough he has. Is there a simple way to categorise cough in a child? It can be difficult because, you're, again, the, the coughing is often in response to a stimulus, which is first thing in the morning, or a temperature change will often, like at night, or when they're running around. So sometimes it's often difficult when you're seeing them to get what the, what the usual cough is like. But I would break it up into, again, is it wet mucusy sounding or productive sounding? Is it dry? Is it wheezy? Is it barking? Uh, is it a croupy sounding cough? Or is there is it paroxysmal or hooping? But I come back to it can be difficult. So infections causing chronic wet cough include persistent bacterial bronchitis, or PBV, chronic separative lung disease, CSLD, and bronchiectasis. In primary care, is it possible for us to tell the difference? Unfortunately, not clinically. Uh, so this is a spectrum. So chronic separative lung disease is the overarching name, which includes both those other disorders, protracted or persistent bacterial bronchitis uh, and bronchiectasis. And so that PBB is really the clinical signs and symptoms, and bronchiectasis is the clinical picture, but also with the definitive radiological diagnosis, which is a chest CT scan. And what's thought to happen is that children will get an acute infection or recurrent infections. They'll then become persistent uh, or recurrent, which is the PBB, and then a proportion will go on to develop bronchiectasis with ongoing mucus retention, infection and inflammation. So it's kind of a spectrum. But in a clinic setting, you're just hearing the same uh, type of symptoms or, and potentially signs, and so you really can't tell the difference. We are thinking Joseph has bronchiectasis. What do we need to do now? Are there any specific tests we need to order? There's no really uh, specific testing in the community. What you're kind of heading towards is a chest CT scan 
and we would usually do a bronchoscopy at the same time. So the chest CT scan is the definitive diagnostic tool for showing bronchiectasis. And the bronchoscopy just looks at the lower airways, uh, looks how it suctions out or clears out the mucus, and then sends that to the lab to see what bacteria um, are growing. But that will take some time. Before that, we would usually do a chest X-ray. If there were changes on a chest X-ray, that would be very suspicious, especially if there's a focal change and that focal change doesn't improve or doesn't clear with antibiotics. But the chest X-ray is very insensitive. So if the chest X-ray is normal but the symptoms persist, I wouldn't let that stop you from referring further. If the child is bringing up sputum, and again, I reiterate that's pretty rare, but getting a sample would be fantastic. Uh, and if that sample grows haemophilus influenzae, that's very suspicious again. Lots of our kids with bronchitis grow that particular bug. And then I'm not quite sure uh, how accessible lung function is in the community, and it's pretty hard to do with children. And he's just six. And often the children are uh, even repeatedly in our setting are only just learning how to do it um, at that age. And then the only blood testing potentially would be to do a full blood count uh, and immunoglobulins um, initially. And in the very young child, consider aspiration, just because, uh, especially in the child that coughs and splutters with feeding, um, or that has bottle props, like if mum's really busy and she props the bottle up, um, that's, that is often at risk of um, aspiration. But many children will be referred on symptoms and signs alone or symptoms, signs, and, and chest X-ray. So, Cass, are there some children that are more at risk of developing bronchiectasis, and why is this? So, early childhood infection, especially uh, admission to hospital with bronchiolitis or pneumonia uh, in the first couple of years of life, those kids are often at higher risk of ongoing um, issues. Those who have repeated infections, uh, the poor environment, so with smoke exposure, crowding, um, poor insulation, cold, damp, mouldy, and ethnicity, so Māori and Pacifica. Uh, and the why uh, is, why do they develop it, is I think they never... They never get back to wellness. So they, they are constantly exposed to uh, insults, be it um, the damp, the, the smoke, or they're constantly exposed to the next virus before they've really recovered from the last. So they just, they just never get back to being completely well, and therefore they develop these chronic symptoms. Does being immunised help a child? Definitely. Uh, so if the child is unimmunized, all of the, most of those diseases like uh, measles and chickenpox, um, pertussis, they can all result in developing bronchiectasis. And if the child already has bronchiectasis and they're unimmunized and they get those uh, infections, then they are highly likely to, uh, to have significant progression. So definitely immunization is a good thing. So we're thinking that Joseph may need to see a paediatrician. He's got lots of risk factors. Clinically, he's looking like it. How urgently does he need to see someone? So definitely referral to a paediatrician. I think he sounds relatively urgent just because he's, he's got such significant symptoms on a daily basis, productive of sputum. And also his grandmother's so worried and she's very experienced, uh, you know, very experienced with children. So I would say um, uh, I would have a pretty low bar for referring to a general paediatrician uh, for a persistent cough alone that had gone on for some weeks. But 
urgent, I would say, uh, frequent courses of antibiotics, daily symptoms, and abnormal examination, especially if there's clubbing. Definitely if they're productive with sputum, I keep coming back to say that's very rare in children, or an abnormal chest x-ray. And your referral really to the paediatrician is, is because it's, it's pretty difficult to get that definitive di diagnostic chest CT scan in the community. Thank you. So what would the red flags be to suggest that this child needs to come in acutely or be seen more acutely? The daily symptoms, he stands out from his siblings and he's productive of sputum. He often seems unwell. I couldn't remember if he has poor growth, but if he had poor growth, that would be another one. And he's got quite a lot of risk factors uh, in his environment. So I would refer him urgently. Uh, and if you mean acutely, uh, I would probably refer him urgently, but give him some antibiotics at the moment. And what factors would prompt the antibiotics at the moment? What things? What, the what that, just the fact that he's clearly got, it sounds to me like he's got chronic infection. So in someone like him, I would, I would probably treat him with a prolonged course of amoxicillin um, while I'm referring him uh, to see if that improved, uh, improved matters. Uh, but also, he's got so many symptoms, we don't need to wait for the paediatrician to see him with those symptoms. They'll, they'll be able to get it back on history should he improve with, with, you know, with the course of amoxicillin. And it's highly likely in someone like him that he would improve, but he wouldn't, be go, he wouldn't go back to you know, normal health. And you mentioned prolonged antibiotics. How long is prolonged? So we usually say two weeks. So obviously the usual course is a three or five day course, but you need to penetrate all that mucus. And um, as he's kind of clearing that mucus, you're wanting to give him a prolonged course to just get on top of that infection and improve that inflammation. So two weeks I would give. Fantastic. So while we're waiting for Joseph to be seen, what practical management strategies can we look at for Joseph and his family? So any housing improvements, if they are available. Uh, smoke cessation um, for the adults or reduce smoke exposure in any way that's possible. If he hasn't had his immunisations or if he's behind, then catch up. Um, chest physiotherapy, if you have access to it, would be helpful. Again, I'm not quite sure how accessible that is in the community. Uh, and that would likely be at a cost. So that might be difficult. But the other way of doing an airway clearance technique is exercise. So just him running around is a, is a good thing. That will stimulate coughing and, it will, and that alone stimulates clearing some of this mucus. Um, and good nutrition. And of course, you're treating him with antibiotics in the short term. So Cass, you mentioned immunisation. Is it value for someone like Joseph to have an annual flu vaccine or indeed a pneumococcal vaccine? Uh, definitely an annual flu vaccine. And the pneumococcal vaccine, so uh, Prevenar, the different types of Prevenar, have been introduced on the schedule since 2008. So he will likely have had Prevenar, but then you've also got Pneumovac 23. So the Pneumovac 23 gives broader coverage, but it doesn't last as long. So Prevenar gives you lifelong coverage for a reduced number of pneumococcal types. Pneumovac gives you much broader coverage but only for about two to five years the only other thing that we is that we do use that Prevenar is a protein vaccine like most of our other vaccines whereas Pneumovac is a polysaccharide 
vaccine, which the kids don't don't develop immunity quite so well to. We often use it as a test of immunity as well. So if he hasn't had a pneumococcal vaccine, I would definitely give him a pneumococcal vaccine. But if he's had his Prevnar, I'd probably just wait because they might use, need to use it as an immune test. And is the value, or are we able to refer to chest physiotherapy while we're waiting in the community? Yes, you can, but I think there will be a cost associated with it, and that may be tricky for a family like, like this. So if it is possible and the family can manage it, I think that would be very helpful. But if it's tricky, I come back to saying you can rely on exercise until he gets into the, you know, into the system. So it's always quite good for us to inform our patients of what to expect when they get to hospital. So he's going to be seen by a paediatrician, he's going to have his tests, and if he's diagnosed, what long-term management strategies should we be aware of for him? Presuming that he, we're going to diagnose him with bronchiectasis, so he would be on regular chest physiotherapy. We usually do it daily, sometimes twice a day, and increase when unwell. Um, we definitely continue to encourage exercise. So sometimes the family are a bit anxious when the children have been diagnosed with something and they want them to sit out or not go, not get wet or whatever. But no, exercise is definitely, definitely very important. He'll be on intermittent oral and uh, occasionally potentially IV antibiotics. The oral antibiotics each time will be of that prolonged two-week duration. And we would normally start with amoxicillin maybe cotrimoxazole, maybe kefaclor. But the, these kids will often go on um, later, especially if they have more severe disease, to have amoxclavulonic acid um, as their uh, antibiotic treatment. If they're very uh, severe, then there is the facility to go on prophylactic antibiotics, which is prolonged as azithromycin. That would be a few, and it would usually be the child that ended up in hospital once or twice a year that went on to that. And that's a Monday, Wednesday, Friday um, antibiotic, low dose, but prolonged. And that's been shown to reduce, actually, hospitalizations by about 50% and also re reduce any other causes of oral antibiotics by about 30%. But that, again, that would be severe. But I would be worried about him. I think he is on that kind of severe spectrum to me. So talking about prognosis for a child like Joseph, what do we need to know about We'll have a better idea when we see what's growing in his sputum. If it's infected, he's, that's um, a significant finding. What his lung function is and how bad his bronchitis is on, on his chest CT scan. But he sounds quite bad um, to me. It just depends on whether he's not had much treatment to date and he gets on treatment and suddenly uh, uh, much of this clears up. But I suspect that he's probably going to be one of the more moderate to severe uh, children, just given the amount of symptoms that he's having and also the number of risk factors in his particular history. Perfect. Is there anything else that we need to cover that we haven't, do you think? Uh, one thing I will say is that uh, I have a pretty low threshold for referring someone like Joseph, or he, they don't even need to be as... as have a, so many significant symptoms as he has. Often when, they, when we're getting the children coming in, um, what you're heading for is a chest CT scan, and people are very worried about that because they're worried about the radiation. But a low-dose chest CT scan, which is done on a paediatric unit, and it should be done on a paediatric unit because that 
uh, adult units in the community will often not realise they have to turn the you know radiation down. Um, that's only about three to four chest X-rays, and sometimes when we're seeing the children, they've had something like ten or twelve chest X-rays, whereas actually a chest CT scan after about two or three X-rays would have been much more appropriate. So I guess I'd have a lower bar to refer the children in uh, because the children that we're seeing tend to be pretty severe. We're, we're miles away from, from getting even the moderates or the milds. Thank you. So to conclude our podcast today, Cass, what would your take-home messages be for our listeners? So yes, to investigate a child with a frequent wet or productive sounding cough uh, look for other risk factors in the history that suggests that uh, he or she might have chronic suppurative lung disease and one of these uh, two protractors, bacterial bronchitis or even bronchiectasis. As I've just mentioned, a lower bar for referral for paediatric assessment if you're concerned. Uh, address the environmental insults as you are able, and that will help everybody actually and often other siblings, etc. Uh, and if bronchiectasis is diagnosed, then this is the child that needs recurrent and longer courses of antibiotics. Even though I know our, we're very much trying to swing away from antibiotic use, but this is the one child that it's very appropriate for. Thank you, Cass. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thanks very much, Louise. If you're a New Zealand GP and would like to claim some CPD points for listening to this podcast, fill in the Reflection of Learning form found at goodfellowunit.org. You'll also find a list of resources that we've used in this podcast and other access for free webinars, gems and med cases. Thanks for listening.